welcome to Talk with Teddy. Thanks for joining us, friends. As an avid writer, a registered nurse, a nutritionist, an educator, and chronic illness sufferer, it's been so fun to start this podcast. I really hope that it has brought you the connection and the inspiration that you need to carry on in your own creative ways and becoming your best selves. Hello, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the beautifully sunny day that it is today as I'm recording. I thought that I would take a few minutes and once again read from one of my favorite authors, Brene Brown. And this time I'm going to read a little bit about a very important topic or concept that is definitely something we need to be aware of within ourselves as a way to connect to the world around us. So I feel like this will be a good introduction into my next series, which will be looking outward, looking at how we can influence the world around us for good how we can take our own passions, our own authenticity to make the world a better place. We've already looked inward. We've looked at ways that we can improve our own lives, our own homes, our own environments. So I really feel like this concept will bridge the gap between ourselves and the other world. So this topic I am discussing today is empathy. So Brene Brown, in her book, Dare to Lead, talks a lot about empathy. So this episode will possibly come across as me reading some things, because that's exactly what I'll be doing. Usually I speak off the cuff and from the heart, and um, all of these words that she speaks are also uh, things that come directly from my heart. So... Yeah, empathy is one of the linchpins of culture, um, and it's built on connection and trust. It's an essential ingredient for um, even teams if you run a business or are an employee or a family member. Um, There's five key elements to empathy. So we're going to explore each one, and then we're also going to talk about some of the empathy misses that we may do in our lives and we don't even realize it. So empathy is not connecting to an experience, it's connecting to the emotion that underpin an experience. So the empathy skill number one, or the first element, is to see the world as other people see it, or perspective taking. And I think we all understand what that means. So Brene Brown says, we see the world through a set of unique lenses that bring together who we are, where we come from, and our vast experiences. Our lenses certainly include factors like age, race, ethnicity, ability, and spiritual beliefs, but we also have other lenses that shape how we see the world, including our knowledge, insights, and experience. 
Our take on the world is completely unique because our point of view is a product of our history and experiences. This is why 10 people can witness the same incident and have 10 different perspectives on what happened, how it happened, and why it happened. So one of the signature mistakes with empathy empathy is that we believe we can take off sorry we can take our lenses off and look through the lenses of someone else. We can't. Our lenses are soldered to who we are. What we can do, however, is honor people's perspectives of truth even when they're different from ours. So children are receptive to learning perspective-taking skills because they're naturally curious about the world and how others operate in it. So we almost need to take a childlike stance in that. Those of us who were taught perspective-taking skills as children owe our parents a huge debt of gratitude. Um, And as parents, that is one thing that we can focus on is helping those children, um, introducing that skill set early on um, so they don't have to work harder as they become older adults um, in order to um, feel that empathy for other people. All right, so empathy skill number two, to be non-judgmental. It is not easy to do this when you are enjoying judging as much as most of us do. Based on research, there are two ways to predict when we are going to judge. We judge in areas when we're most susceptible to shame and we judge people who are doing worse than we are in those areas. So, if you find yourself feeling incredibly judgmental about appearance, you can't figure out why, that's a clue that this is a hard issue for you. It's important to examine where we feel judgment because it can quickly become a vicious shame cycle. The judgment of others leaves us feeling shame, so we offload the hurt by judging others. I've seen this so many times. Um, It really is so important to just be kind and not judge. We really don't know when we are judging through our own lens. And we can take that judgment um, that we often feel and use it as a self-awareness tactic to say, oh, this maybe is a really tricky topic for me. Maybe I need to look within instead of be judging others outwardly. So staying out of judgment means being aware of where we are the most vulnerable to our shame, our own struggle. The good news is that we don't judge in areas that we feel a strong sense of self-worth and grounded confidence. So the more of that we build, the more we let go of judgment. And just a little side note on confidence. I listened to a talk by Ed Milet, who is awesome. He's got his own podcast. I highly recommend listening. And one thing he says about confidence and self-worth and self-esteem is um, consistency. Something that we can do for ourselves is tell ourselves that we're going to do something, make that promise to yourself, and not only do it consistently on a daily basis, but go one step further and, and take that extra mile and you will really start to feel that confidence because you are surpassing your own expectations for yourself. So I know that as we do that in those trickier areas of our life, um, write them down, track them, um, write out a little habit tracker in a journal and just um, celebrate the wins as you're consistent with yourself in in uh, positive habit changes in regards to not judging other people and staying consistent in that. 
So empathy skill number three and number four, they are inextricably connected. So she talks about them together. So number three is to understand another person's feelings. And number four is to communicate your understanding of a person's feelings. So understanding emotions in others and communicating our understanding of these emotions requires us to be in touch with our own feelings. Ideally, it also means that we are fluent in the language of feelings or at least conversational and somewhat comfortable in the world of emotions. The vast majority of people that Brene Brown has interviewed are not comfortable in the world of emotions and nowhere close to fluent in the language of feelings. Emotional literacy is as critical as having language in Brene's opinion and I, I totally agree with her. I talk a lot about emotional intelligence and how important that is in life. It is such an imperative and necessary life skill. When we can't name and articulate what's happening to us emotionally, we cannot move through it. This is primarily what I deal with when I work with kindergarten students. They're just coming into an environment with a lot of other kids, a lot of new things to see, smell, their senses are on overload, and it's brand new, and they're just babies, and a lot of them have not quite developed the language and the knowledge of all of the different emotions that we're feeling. So a lot of the time with my work as a behavioral strategist in schools is I am helping them label these feelings and name them and helping them to communicate, even making little visual stories for them, taking pictures of themselves when they're feeling different things to help them understand and learn and teach them what these different emotions are that they're feeling. Um... So communicating our understanding can feel like the biggest risk because we can get it wrong. And not if, but when we are off base, we need the courage to circle back. So it's tricky. Um, It's tricky um, checking in with yourself and having that self-awareness to say, no, I'm not feeling sad. I'm actually feeling angry. Um, I got that wrong that time. That's okay. Um, Sometimes when you're feeling angry, what it comes down to is, yeah, you're feeling hurt deep down. It, it all comes down to you're feeling you're feeling a little bit sad and a little bit hurt, so you're um, portraying that as anger. So, it's also important to know what empathy looks like, and this looks different um, to everybody. So, something that I want everybody to um, take some time to reflect upon is when you're sharing something difficult with somebody else do you want that person to make eye contact with you do you want them to look away do you want them to reach out and hug you or do you want them to give you space do you want them to respond right away or do you want them to stay quiet and just listen i know this is a really important relationship skill because Um, spouses are often very different in this and we need to learn what our spouse's uh, preferences are for these things and that takes time and patience and open communication about things like that so those are some of the skills now I'm going to talk a little bit about some empathy misses that's what she calls them it's an empathy miss so these are mistakes that we can often make when we are trying to practice empathy. So an empathy miss can be sympathy versus empathy. Now, 
sympathy means you're saying, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't imagine how hard that is. Now, empathy is feeling with with people. The, the imperative word there is with, where sympathy is feeling for people. Empathy fuels connection. Sympathy drives disconnection. So when we peer over the edge and say, I see you, and then we climb down with the confidence that we can get back out. I know what it's like down there. You're not alone. Of course, you don't climb down without your own way out. Jumping into the hole with no way out is enmeshment. Jumping into the struggle with somebody while maintaining with somebody while maintaining clear lines about what belongs to whom is empathy. So without maintaining those clear lines, she calls this enmeshment. I would call that um, codependence. So sympathy, on the other hand, is looking over the edge of the hole and saying, oh, it's bad, that looks terrible, so sorry, and then you keep walking. So the two most powerful words when somebody is struggling is me too. That says that I may not have the same experience as you, but I know this struggle and you're not alone. Whereas sympathy would say, wow, that's bad, I feel sorry for you, I don't know or understand what this experience is like, but I'll grant you that it looks pretty bad and I don't want to know. So we need to be careful with that and we need to use the right language and we need to say, I get it. I feel with you. I feel sorry is um, not maybe the best best words. Um, so an empathy miss number two um, is something Brene calls the gasp and awe. So don't rush in and say oh wow and gasp and that's horrifying that that's not that's not going to help um and as i go through these misses again just be be aware of your own tendencies because a lot of us have tendencies to do some of these empathy misses and it's a good way to learn and grow and improve as I'm kind of laying them all out here. So empathy miss number three is something Brene calls the mighty fall. So in this scenario, your friend thinks uh, of you as a pillar of worthiness and authenticity. This person can't help you because they're so let down by your imperfections. They're disappointed. This is the person you confide in and say, my performance evaluation did not go how I thought it was going to go. And it kind of I don't know if I'm in a shame storm or I'm just almost numb right now I can't believe that my rating was so low this quarter this person's response is I just never expected that from you Uh, when I think of you I don't think of you as the type of person that gets that rating I mean what happened then all of a sudden you're not experiencing connection in an empathetic way you're defending yourself to someone because they're disappointed. Um, This happens frequently in childhood. It's a huge driver of uh, perfectionism as adults. So something to pay attention to, especially with our own children. Um, Try not to display that um, disappointment in them and that high expectation that they didn't meet. So empathy miss number four the block and tackle 
So let's bring that performance review to this scenario again, where your friend is so uncomfortable with vulnerability that he or she scolds you. How did you let this happen? What were you thinking? Who is that guy? We'll report him. That's a huge empathetic miss um, because they came to you because they're struggling and you're making it easy on yourself by refusing to sit in the discomfort with them. You're choosing instead to be angry at someone else or stand in judgment, and that's not helpful. So, empathy miss number five, the boots and shovel. This is a coworker who desperately needs to make it better so that they can get out of their own discomfort. I'm thinking of somebody in particular that does this often. This person refuses to acknowledge that you can actually make mistakes or bad choices. This is the person who says, you know, it's not that bad. It cannot be that bad. I know you're awesome. You're amazing. He's hustling to make you feel better, not hearing anything you feel and not connecting to any emotions that you're describing. It is pretty disconcerting and um, it's not helpful. So empathy miss number six. If you think that's bad, this person confuses connection with the opportunity to one-up. That's nothing. Let me tell you about my performance evaluation in 1994. It gets dicey with comparing and competing. The most important words you can say to someone are me too, you're not alone. It's different from, oh yeah, me too. And I had it way worse off. Um, I know a few people like that as well. I think I fall into that that category sometimes as well. It's it's easy to try to practice empathy and you share your own story and then you look back on it and say, oh, I hope they don't feel like I was trying to one-up them or make it sound like I had it worse off. Because don't get me wrong, I've had a lot of hard things happen in my life and I have overcome them. Um, so I hope that I don't ever come across as trying to make it seem like I have it worse off than other people. So that's pretty much all I was going to say in regards to empathy and empathy misses. I hope that you have learned something or heard something that was inspiring um, that you can take back and work on for yourself. I think I'm going to play this episode at the very conclusion of the Looking Inward series because as I said at the beginning of this one, this is such a good bridge between looking inward and self-reflecting and being self-aware and gaining that insight that you need to then bridge the gap or walk that bridge over into connecting with other people and feeling empathy for other people. And as we feel empathy for other people and we see that need in other people, that's where we can then look outward and and help people. And that's going to look different for everyone, depending on your own passions, your own values, your own beliefs. Everybody has a passion at something. Maybe that's a business that you've created or a book that you want to write or a workshop that is in the works. There's your little hint drop from me. I will be eventually doing some women's wellness workshops where I help you to look inward and really reflect upon your own belief systems, your own values, what has changed over the years, what is meaningful to you? What makes you tick? What makes you wake up in the morning and motivated to um, help help other people? Because really what this world comes down to is how can we make this world a better place by helping other people? 
and walking that bridge to empathy will allow you to then look outward and make the world a better place and take that passion and create something meaningful where you can serve other people on a daily basis maybe this is your career choice maybe this is a side hustle where you help other people by uh, replacing toxins in their own life maybe i mean it's different for everybody right um i know myself as i've been stuck at home with the self-isolation i have taken a really good hard look at the products that we're using on ourselves um on our surfaces for cleaning um, our nutrition things like that and we've made a lot of really good changes um, and young living the company has helped us do that we've incorporated a lot of essential oils we've incorporated a lot of their natural cleaning supplies and laundry supplies and we have incorporated some of their healthy supplements into our daily consumption for better wellness and health and heart health and things that we all need to be paying better attention to because without health we really don't have much in this life to look forward to so i hope that you can look inward and find something that you're passionate about maybe it's your family maybe it's something that you want to be able to provide for your family um i can't tell you what it is it's something that you have to discover for yourself and um during one of my wellness workshops i can help you do that um, through some exercises and reflective moments and activities and things like that and a workbook Um, I'd love to help you do that because that is a passion of mine. That's one of the reasons that I started this podcast is I love to connect with other people and kind of meet people where they're at and hopefully help them become a little bit better. And you can always follow my Instagram handle at be a little bit better uh, for updates about this podcast. If you have enjoyed the Looking Inward series, I please, please, please request that you leave us a review. Um, share it with your friends, share it on your social media, share your favorite episode. Tell me, tell me which episodes or which concepts have really made a difference in your life. That really makes my day when I hear from people that um, it is making a difference for them and has really helped them learn and grow and become a better person because that makes me feel like what I'm doing is all worthwhile and that's a, a real motivator for me. So with that being said, I hope you all have a fabulous day. Hope you can take some time to reflect, uh, take some time to write things down, write down what makes you tick. Um, I'm in the middle of writing my book and creating a workbook for the women's wellness workshops that I plan to start up, um, depending on this pandemic, possibly at the end of this year or in 2021. So stay tuned with that. Again, follow uh me on Instagram at be a little bit better for more information and details um, for that coming up in the future. Have a good one. Thanks for listening, friends. Don't forget to leave us a review, share your favorite podcast episode with others, and spread the love. Have a great day and keep becoming your best self.